If I'm trying to answer the question, do I forgive my church or do I leave my church? I think both of those answers are rooted in the knowledge and the certainty of God's character yeah. and how he shows us how to forgive even the worst of injustices. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even just talking about in the life of Jesus. I'm talking about throughout the whole biblical narrative. Mm-hmm. He's constantly taking the high road, going out on a limb. But he said, one day I will put an end to this. Yeah, All evil will be, there will be an actual court date. Today, we're talking about, should I forgive the church or just leave? Now, this is a sensitive topic, and we've thought about doing this topic for a while. We actually, for for those who have a sharp eye, there was a similar video that we had made, and um, we've both changed yeah. substantially since then, and that, and that video, you can't find it anymore. Yeah. So we've, we've had a experience with church hurt ourselves and we just kind of want to process through that in an authentic way on here and see if we might be able to come to some loose to some solutions or give you some tools in your tool belt for how that maybe you can use in your similar experience right now going through church hurt going through forgiveness learning how to forgive or and or learning how and when you should leave the church that you're at. Yeah, we, um, yeah, this is, I don't think we want this to be a counseling session or like us just spilling, you know, but that's what it is, Michael. But having gone through <laughs> it, but having gone yeah, through yeah. a little bit of it, um, um, yeah, if you're going to be a part of the church, you're going to rub people the wrong way. Yeah. And great or small, uh, something's going to happen that's going to require you to deal with it. And um, Well, and I think a lot of people have gone through this. Like a lot of people have been negatively affected by people who say they represent God, right? And that is a whole nother layer of pain. When this is supposed to be someone who is benevolent and good and brings you pain, and it's hard to understand. And sometimes when you're in that situation, it's hard to understand like what is right or what is wrong because this person is supposed to be a shepherd or people or the organization. And so yeah. I think I want to start with like, what are we to blame here? Like, is it an organi- like the church is an organization, a collective of believers, or do we blame individual people? Like, are we actually mad at individual people? and upset with what people did and that represents the church in this negative way where now we're like i don't want to show up to church because those people who hurt me are there yeah and i feel pain yeah um i think the only safe thing to say the only thing we can really say is um it was not god yeah it may have been it may have been people individuals or groups of people or blow that up to an organization and the way that that organization was structured at all those levels, yes, yeah, something in there may have hurt you. Um, the only thing we can say for sure is that God did not do that. Um, yeah. 
God expressed in the incarnation as Jesus Christ, when you get, when you look at him and, and what kind of a person he was, you know, that's the whole message of the cross, is that he'll let you kill him before he'll hurt you. Yeah. You know, you if you want to go away from his presence, you're going to have to walk over the dead body of his son to do it. He He wants to stop you from pain and from hurt and from shame and from fear and he and he put his son on a cross to show you how much he loves you and that he is he is for your good for love yeah Um, and and, that's easy to mentally acknowledge yeah but it's harder whenever you feel the emotions of of pain yeah you know and it's like but what we want to try to do, right, is we want to try to pave a path, potentially, to how real forgiveness, reconciliation yeah. can happen. But often I think we may go too quick to a solution. Okay, here is the three yeah. steps of how you get forgiveness in your heart. So if you follow this method to the T, you will have forgiveness and you'll be able to continue your Christian walk and your effectiveness as a believer and a disciple of Jesus. But the reality of it is like pain is pain and we maybe should not go straight to solution. It's it's like maybe first like how do I identify what is actually happening? I'll just say that I had a really clean-cut, smooth Christian walk with really nice church people all around me um, up until recently, you know? And and basically that was my, when people talked about being hurt by the church, I just being straight up would kind of scoff and be like, get yourself together, go back to church, just forgive, don't be such a baby. Yeah. I mean, being being real, that would be, whether I ever said that or not, you know, I, I was socially intelligent enough to not say those kinds of things but at least in my heart that's how i felt yeah until i experienced that pain and the and and the the pain of like dear lord is is just so real and overwhelming at times but that's part of why um i think whenever i would see people defecting for for i think if that's a good term yeah retreating yeah from the church i just saw the statistical results of people separating themselves from a community. Statistical, how? Like, I would see time and time again that separating yourself from, even if, like, there's definitely pain there, but the separation itself was this thing that took people into a downward spiral. And all these verses... Like, Like, you separate... To, to bring shelter from the pain, but actually it gets worse by yeah. being isolated. Well, I just know, like, I don't know if this is a verse or what, but, like, the whole thing of, like, isolation is, like, the enemies, yeah. like, the uh, devils. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. Yeah. And I, and, and I think that... But um, now you understand why it's appealing to isolate yourself. Yeah. And, 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 and we had a conversation last night where... Seek my own desires doesn't just have to be pleasure, but it can also be just avoid pain. Mm. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to face that. And like, 
that's just real. Like, yeah, 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 of course you don't want to be hurt and have that open wound poked at all the time. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But I've seen time and time again that it doesn't seem to actually yield a result in your life that ends up bringing you to a healthier place. Yeah. Like, and that's the problem and the predicament. It's like, I don't want to be a part of this thing that brings me pain and where those, those people are or the organization or whatever I'm associating with how I've been. The thing that is hurting me or has hurt me. I don't want to be a part of that. And, but I also know that if I go down this other path, most of the time it ends up in being more unhealthy yeah. and you see time and time again people not returning to being a part of a community and a fellowship of believers ever again and i and, think most people just make that trade yeah either they think i'll be different i can make it i've got a real walk with god and i don't need the pain causing community to help me walk with god i'll make it on my own or you just make that trade and you go, yeah, I'm going to walk away from all of it. Mm. You know? So I guess first off, too, it's like there's a real problem, but what is the solution exactly? Because there's also oftentimes so much good and good memories wrapped up in these relationships you have in a certain church community. Yeah. Now, we, we put as part of the title an option of like or should i leave Mm -hmm. like there's a time where there's other churches there's other communities but oftentimes i think what i've even observed myself and and this is like a raw and real place for us is well this person leaves and goes to this other church or i leave and go to this other church and a similar thing happens there and then once you've left three or four different churches and went and you keep getting hurt, it's like, what do I do? So it seems like oftentimes changing outward circumstances isn't always the solution. Maybe it's a good thing to, hey, I need a fresh start. Yeah. I need to go to a new community, one that maybe is more encouraging or this or that. Um, but I think the fear is like, walking through is this just my idea or is this like something god's pushing me to do or like encouraging me to do and identifying the difference of of those things it's kind of all intertwined and raveled yeah and i think i i I know only just enough about this topic to be dangerous yeah (laughs) yeah i i'm in i'm in no way even past a novice level, but um, somebody brought up the other day about something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like in the face of very strong emotions, teaching you to think about what's real and what's true. And that's why, like, I, even though, yeah, in the face of a lot of pain, um, re- having to consciously think this is not God's fault um, you just have to. And that's like, in the face of a lot of pain, everybody just has to learn um, to think, like to think for a second. <laughs> mm. um, and, and that probably is the number one thing to grasp, even in the face of overwhelming emotion. This is not God's fault. 
of, of all the people that hurt me, of all the things that are going on, of all the associations with the Bible or church or God himself, this is not God's fault. Mm. This is not the church he established. What his idea for church is, is not that. What his idea, his expressed personality and his word is not that. Um, and so at the very least, having God and his word and his spirit speaking through his word personally to me is like, I have to at least have that anchor yeah. as I walk through the whole thing. So what is that process? What's the process of learning how to trust God again through some traumatic experience? And how how do we go about getting to that place of reconciling and coming to the place, okay, this isn't, this wasn't God who did this? I think a huge part of it just has to be the person of Jesus. Mm. Like looking at the sun, what did Jesus do? What was Jesus like? And that thing that's like, aside from any other representation of what you are, what you've done, who you're like, I have this one, you on earth 2,000 years ago, and I'm clinging to that one. Yeah. Because um, it kind of goes back to the biblical narrative, right? Where yeah, I think often because we're built for trust, love and trust mm-hmm. with other people. We were made for that, and we were made for a perfect world. And, um, and God intended for us to live in that perfect world. And so maybe that's why it's so confusing because we're so used to trusting people and loving people and we you know often assume like people want good for us as well. And so maybe part of it is this expectation that we put on humans to be perfect. Yeah. Because they are at this position in our life, whether it's our, our dad or our pastor or fill in the blank. And especially when you cycle through a couple of those and yeah. each one in turn fails you. Yeah. Man. It's, you kind of, at least what I'm doing right now is I'm kind of stepping out of that a little bit and saying, okay, God, what are you trying to show me? And it seems like he is trying to show me and teach me how to be, honestly, in a, in a way, not independent from anyone, but just dependent on one being him. And knowing like every bit of my value, every bit of my identity has to come from the Father, and every bit of my security in life has to come from the facts that there is a loving God yeah. who is sovereign and has his hand in our lives and will, and will and will one day come and restore all, everything all the pain that was happened everything injustice that's happened will all be dealt with yeah and that is like the silver lining the ultimate silver lining and sometimes when we're going through tough things it's hard to see that silver lining but that is the whole biblical narrative and the worldview that we've been given uh, by God himself is yep. one day this will be over. One day you will be able to trust everyone. 
One yeah. day there will be no pain. One day there will be no lies. And I will be a, a ruler. I will be the ruler that's in charge and put to death all of the rulers, all of the people who are not submitted unto me and the way of my kingdom. And um, yeah, so what do you think about that? Like that, and yeah. it's easy to like it's easy to say that. Well, so I, you can't let anybody represent this book to you. Yeah, you actually have to know what's in this book, and and it's really hard when, especially as a young young person, like child, or a young Christian, in the beginning stages, that's the only way that we can learn, is by somebody doing their own presentation of the facts to us. Mm. And, and so when, when something, when you get hurt at that early stage, and the only thing you had was the presentation by a flawed human, man, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Which is why God puts such a high bar on those people who are tasked with representing his character and word to people, you are going to, you know, you're going to be judged pretty hard if you're in that place. Yeah. Um, it's like when I was trying to research this topic, I kept coming upon like different videos that were talking about why Gen Z is not going to church anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because like younger people have so much access to information and they start to see the hypocrisy in things. Yeah. And they're like, hey, I don't really want, I'm already dealing with all of these lies in the national news, politics or whatever. And I've kind of identified that no one is trustworthy. Yeah. And it's kind of like this general distrust of any type of authoritative structure yeah. or people. Um, Except, well, here's the, Flip side, and, yeah. I, and I won't say that this is original to me, but um, we have a culture that is wading in a six-inch deep ocean instead of digging wells. Yeah. And so you have this six-inch deep ocean where you just find liar after liar after liar after liar after hypocrite after hypocrite after hypocrite, or you, or you are scrolling through TikTok and you find people talking about hypocrisy and lies and all that stuff. And But that's why... All of that is only a representation of this book and of the facts that are in that book and of the character of God himself. And, and to, man, that you, if you read this book, that is God's struggle throughout the entire story is people representing him poorly. Yeah. And at a certain point in the story of this book, God says to Israel, he's like, I'm tired of you treating my name like that. His chosen people, he has to... He he almost destroys them, yeah. You know, exiles them into a foreign country, wipes out their nation, because he says, "I'm sick and tired of you treating my name like that. Mm. I do not want you to. I don't want people to think I'm like that. I'm attached to you. Yeah. I have attached myself to you, and I and I think that's a mistake. Now I have to wipe the slate clean. Yeah. And so that fundamental: do not let anybody represent God's character to you. And when you're young and when it's your first introduction to Christianity or to who God is, there's no other way around it. You have to go first with the representation. Yeah. But to grow up, to mature, to, to get a hold of who God really is, um, that's the safe place okay. to, to know I have God. 
These representations may have failed me, but God himself, the real thing, I know him, and, and he has not failed me. He will not fail me. So something I want to kind of go into is often when we're dealing with these things, traditionally in the church environment, it's like been pushed down, right? It's like, ah, don't talk about those things. That's gossip. Or there's oh, these like for sure. blocks yeah. that come up. How do we... Here, there's like a bug here. Oh, I'm I like, see it. I want it to die. <laughs> um, how do we go about being authentic and discussing with our brothers and our sisters and our friends and family without it being gossip and turning into a sin? Yeah. You know, that's like this interesting thing where it's almost like that whole verse of like, be angry and do not sin. It's like, there's a place for anger. There's like a real place for anger. I was talking to a friend today and um, something happened in his life um, with someone that he loved. And uh, I was like, bro, it's you should be mad. Right yeah. Now. Like oh, yeah. be mad, feel that. Cause there's some there's an injustice there. Mm-hmm. Like you can be mad and it's healthy to be mad. Don't shut that emotion down. Now but then the advice I gave him after that was, but don't do anything because you're mad. Yeah. Be like, angry and sin not. Yeah. Just don't don't go and take out that anger on people. Cause that's when you become a uh, a negative force in the world, and well, you start hurting people. So the two sides of the coin, no. be angry and sin not, the wrath of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good point for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I And I really sympathize with that, because in the past six months or so, I have been mad a lot. You wanted to put your fists up. And say, yeah, I. this is me. The one-two Mayweather. I, the one-two. I have been mad a lot. I okay. I'm naturally a fighter. Like I do two things. This is my reactionary. You know, it's the fight or flight, right? Either I'm like, see ya, I'm out of here, and that's kind of what I did at first. Like yeah. I was just traveling around and went to different places, and I'm like, I don't want to handle any of this. And then I'm like, and then the Lord spoke, "Hey, you need to get rooted back in community." And I'm like, all right. So, um, but then the other thing is, I just want to like tussle. You know, like I'm a, na- a natural fighter. I'm. Oh yeah. I want to like. Hey, you got a problem? Let's just. That's why we like each other. (laughs) That's why we like each other. Yeah. (laughs) I think we might like. Yeah, I. I'm. I'm talking most like I like wrestling my my friends and choking them out. (laughs) Just because it's like like if they want to wrestle too, because it's a fun like thing that guys can do, but I think. For you, maybe it's a little bit more of like a mental. Oh, it's wrestling. all mental. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I like that as much. And I, but I got it. I got in a little. I got a little tussle earlier today, and it was like, you know, and that person was like, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I hope I didn't. I was like, nah, bro. I'm, I love it. I, you know, so, um, yeah. There's I, this balance though to like being angry. Yeah, working things out. Just be like, hey, like. I think we need more, we need less plastic religiosity and we need more authentic friendship and, but also 
that authentic friendship and discussion with lots of empathy and understanding involved. Because sometimes you get yeah. these people who's like, let's just talk about it. And it's like, yeah, but it's painful to talk about. Yeah, that's like, me. And that's, yeah. that's me. I'm the one who needs to like slow down. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I just this past week had an, had an experience that made me flaming mad. And, oh gosh. And I, you know, I talked about it and I talked through it. And even just yesterday, somebody um, was given a really good point. They said, they didn't say this, but they said like, your emotions are really good at telling you what's going on. And and my own analogy to pin on that is like, it's like the, dash, the dashboard on your car. You're, those emotions are telling you the lights that are coming on. Mm. But, but then you have to go like, why and what do I do about it? You know, you can't let the, the dashboard run your life, but they are like, hey, if the check engine light comes on, don't ignore that. Yeah. You can't put a piece of tape over that and and make it go away. But it is it is good at telling you something's going on, but you have to stop and really go check it out. Okay, the check engine light is on. I'm angry today. Yeah. What is making me so angry? And that was part of earlier this week when that happened to me. I like had to talk it out. I had to talk it out with a couple of people. Like, this is making me mad. Why is this making me mad? And then I got all the way down to the bottom of it. And I said, yeah that's what's making me mad mm. and and then actually getting to deal with and so i'm not confronting people out of my anger i get to confront people with the real thing that's like hey this is what's making me mad can we fix this or at least talk through this not in my anger anymore yeah but i feel like a the emotion hasn't gone away but i feel at peace because i I know what it is that's actually going on that's making me upset. Yeah. And I can tackle it. I can tackle that. I cannot tackle anger. I can't shove anger down. I can't make the the check engine light go away by yeah. covering it up. But I can go hunt down the problem and then, you know, it's like yeah. that. It's like when you find the problem that's wrong with your car and you finally fix it. And you mm. go, now I can be at peace. Because now I know I can go on Amazon. I can buy the part. I can do. I can do what it takes to fix it. Um, but the, just staring at the check engine light just makes your anxiety go through the roof. Yeah, and I think what you're talking about is communicating in the midst of strong negative emotions. And that, because there's going to be times in life where <clears throat> we feel very strong negative emotions. Mm. And that's going to cause us to want to be reactionary to enter into all these different defense mechanisms. But in order to stay a healthy human and a healthy believer, a healthy Christian, and maintain the relationships that matter to us and not spiral into yeah. you know, whatever that dark void is, we have to learn and rely on the Holy Spirit or have the courage to start to process and work through those things now the question is how do i know if i'm just gossiping about yeah. something and i'm not really getting anywhere or i'm being constructive in the way that i communicate and process through it because yeah. even one of the things you said is like i just need to find the solution and i think part of that is like good identifying okay this is what's making me upset 
And then I think pausing there and sitting in that, be like, and feeling what you need to feel. Yeah. And going through that process of grieving and processing the emotions and inviting the Holy Spirit into that process and then going out and solving it. Because often I think what, like, the original part of, like, do I leave my church? It's mm-hmm. like, well, this is the where the negative emotion's coming from, and so I know the solution. I'm going to pick up and leave. Yeah. Or I'm going to go and confront this person and do this or do that. Yeah. Um, is there an actual solution to these problems? I think, well, just one yeah. snapshot. I think the dream of a Christian community that is committed to love mm. is one that where my friend is experiencing strong negative emotions of anger or fear or sadness or shame, I can bear that burden with them. That is the dream of a loving Christian community that is committed to each other. That is like, I am going to be in a relational harmony with you because above all else, above my own negative emotions, and I will share that burden with you no matter what, because that's what I want. I want us to be good, and I want you to be good. And that's the dream. Is is it time to give up on that dream? No, I think that's that's the dream of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And and we are we are always gonna fall short of it. We're always going to be striving for it. But that's what we're working towards. That's the dream. And I think it's only when we give up on that dream, when we say the church will never be that, it's only when we give up that we lose. As long as we say, man, I, I, I don't have anything like that in a 20-minute driving radius. I don't know of a church near me that will be that. Um, that's just going to be real. But when we give up on that dream is when we lose. Um, and, it, and at the very least, I can be that for someone. I can be the kind of person that I would want for me. That's a golden rule. Mm. I want to be the kind of person for someone else that I wish they would be for me. And and together growing into that thing is called discipleship. Through the instruction of the Holy Spirit, how can I be that for someone else? And, and that doesn't look like just ignoring it and saying, hey, get over it. No, that means really being with someone, like sitting with them, weep with those who weep, mourn yeah. with those who mourn, like that... And that's not cool. That's not yeah. comfortable. It's not easy. It's not easy to yeah. bear somebody else's burden and work through negative emotions like that with them. But I think that's the dream. And when Christians and churches fall short, that's where counselors are great, you know? Yeah. I think the dream is that there would be Christians and pastors who could do that with you. The reality is that that's not always true. Yeah. And 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 I had really good friends that I could blow off some of my steam with and talk with, and they talked back to me and helped me work through it and get to the root of it. Um, but there's, you know, what I was dealing with was was relatively a very small thing, even though it made me very mad. Yeah. But there's really big things that I, that people just are not equipped to handle. But, but that's where counselors yeah. and professionals come in, and they are. They are equipped to do those yeah, things. Yeah, I, I started going to a counselor. And what I've realize in the midst of it is that the whole problem isn't just that I've been hurt by church or a pastor or whatever. There's so many layers that are coming up of like, oh, 
unveiling other things that have been there stagnant that no one's poked. And now that it's been, oh my gosh, I want this bug to go away. And, and now that it's been poked, it's like, here comes the feeling issues of like, why this hurts so bad? Well, this hurts bad because this thing happened in my past and I just got over trusting, you know, older authority, pastors, whatever. And I just got to a place and then it happens again. You know, it's like layers and layers and cycles yeah. and cycles of. But I think the thing you're saying is so true. It's just like, don't give up. Like, don't give up on people. You know, I've seen so many people that are like, I just don't like people. And it's like, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Because people is all we really got. And I, and, and going back to my, where I had been maybe a year ago of like, I'm ready to give up on the church and my reaction being, uh, demeaning, really, or derisive, de, um, yeah, der, with derision, mm. like, oh, come on, you're just giving up, you're just a baby, and um, now there's a lot more empathy, like, man, I get it, yeah. I, you, now that I've experienced some of that, I get it, but still, that thing I think is true, the heart behind it of like, please don't give up, mm. you have to hold on to the dream, that Jesus gave to us, and it's and it's His dream, and it's a good dream. And man, it hurts a lot to so, hold on to it. But let's talk about when you should leave yeah. a church or community that you're in, because not giving up doesn't necessarily mean going to a new church. So I, um, this was the probably the next part: the dream that Jesus gave to us. This is his outline. I'm, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 18. Yeah. His outline of the dream of a way a church would operate. And there's, there's a couple passages like this in the Bible where you read it and you kind of go, man, if people really did that, you yeah. know, I don't know that I could do that, but, but if, suppose if I, I knew of a community where people could do that, that would be a dream. You know, and, and there's there's passages like that where you go, I don't know, in 2,000 years of church history, if we've ever lived up to it, but boy, I, I don't want to stop trying, because that seems like heaven, yeah, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven. Sure enough, that's that's what Jesus is aiming at in, in these passages. And, um, and so this is, um, we'll just talk about the passage that is the dream for what the kingdom of heaven would be like, and I think when the dream dies... That's might when it be time. That might be when it's time to leave. Uh, so, so I'll read some. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Okay, let's pause. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that is like intense, and if, that's Jesus talking, right? If you are the hurting person, and he and he's talking about like these little ones, like. Yeah. And and it's you is know that, is he is talking about ta- is he talking about kids is yeah. he talking about disciples is he talking about young new disciples, and I and I think it really doesn't matter. But if you are the cause, the hurting cause of people turning away, if you've been hurt, like you've got your own, you you got to deal with it with the Lord, and He's going to help you and care for you and work through it. Um, 
Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. If you go to him, he'll help you work through it. But also know, I had a, I had a really dear friend um, tell us, uh, Jesus is the great shepherd, and he's got a rod and a staff. And the staff guides the sheep, but the rod beats up the wolves. And he was like, there's times where we really want to dwell on the staff and how God loves me and guides me. And he goes, but there's times of fear and there's times of anxiety when we have to remember that Jesus also wields the rod, that he will destroy evil people. He will deal with them. And and, and in this, those people that Even hurt, evil people that call themselves Christian. Absolutely. Especially yeah. evil people that call themselves Christian. Yeah, those are the most wicked. Um and it's just disgusting. I think that's why he probably comes with such intensity here. Yeah. He's like, you want to pretend to be a representation of me and then lead these these dear children, yeah. like being his people, God's people, you want to lead them astray to, to perverse and evil things? Like, like, it'd be better for you to drown. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the... To be tied up and sinking to the bottom of like that, and I feel I feel them like, yeah. like yeah, you're like evil enough to pretend to be good and then lead people to to be be bad or do something wrong. It's yeah. like or yeah. just use that influence and position to hurt people. Just yeah. even just that is like, and so Jesus takes that very seriously, and and there's comfort in that, and and this is even like again making the point. God didn't do this. Whatever yeah. hurt it is, God didn't do it. And, and even it and even here, yeah. if I can rest in that character and know he's going to deal with it, he didn't do it, he's on my team. Yeah. Or he's going to deal with evil. And if I want to be on his team, he's going to deal with evil. And my job is just to stay on his team. I, I don't want to say that he's on my team, but... You know, God doesn't pick teams. I can pick his team, though. Yeah. And, and if I get on his team, he, would, he will deal with evil. And that brings a lot of rest and comfort, mm. or should. So you're saying in these passages, Jesus gives a real solution to this is the a dream. broken Yeah, I think this world. is the dream, is that, man, if I had a community that rested in the fact that I don't have to, I can be, I, I will be hurt by evil, but I can rest in a God who takes care of evil. And a, and a community that is not run by anxiety or fear or shame or constantly expelling people that, you know, I'm, I'm resting in the king. My rest is in the shepherd. He's taking care of us. And that evil doesn't, you know, uproot me every time it comes around. That I have, I have this place of rest with the shepherd. That's, that's the dream of a community. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll continue. Such things must come, but woe to that person through whom they come. Okay, read the whole thing again real quick. If anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, those who believe in me, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to that person through whom they come. Oh, gosh. Okay. Dang, okay. And now, if you find yourself around those people, or you find yourself as one of those people, here's the lesson for you. If your hand or foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. Throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. Okay, is this a metaphor? 
or is this literal? Or I, like, what I, is the difference? Yeah, I think it's got to. Jesus is not talking about actually cutting your hands self harm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I have. There was a moment, um, probably a couple of years ago, where I really sat with this, and I imagined, imagine you see somebody with their hand gone, hmm. and you're like, oh man, what what happened to your hand? You know, an amputee. And, and back in a time where there were no prosthetics, you see an amputee, they're like, man, I was sinning, and so I had to escape. And you, and you, you look at an amputee, and Jesus says, it would be better for you to, to lose a limb, amputee. to lose a limb than to be in sin. If that's going to cause you to stumble, better to be an amputee than to live in sin. And I really sat with that image of seeing somebody missing a hand or a foot and them saying, oh, no, 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 I'm better off this way than I was sinning. And I think even as a metaphor, it is a really vivid and powerful metaphor to think about how seriously people take sin. Both people who cause me, you know, other people who are sinning and and my own ability to be caught up in that and how seriously I need to separate myself from people who mess around with that or may even lead me down that path or are leading others down that path. And absolutely not i'm not going to do that Mm. um i think that's it may be gruesome it may be kind of a gruesome metaphor but i think that's also a dream of people who say i'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole so could uh, a way to re-say this would be like if your position causes you or anyone else to stumble like better to take a demotion away yeah throw away your position Remove yourself. Mm-hmm. It's better to not be in a high-level position and have the benefits of that in this age than to not enter into the, the age to come, into or eternity. I think about the rich young ruler. Mm. Jesus said, go and sell all you have. Apparently, that was the thing from keeping him from eternity. That was his question. What do I do to inherit eternal life? Sell all you have. Apparently, that was the thing that was in the way. And he's, and it says, he went away sorrowful, for he had many possessions. Mm. If your money is causing you to know, to not be alive, fully alive with the life of Jesus living in you, better to get rid of it and sell it all than yeah. not inherit eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. If I could say something too. Please. Yeah, sometimes, uh, the camera's not focusing, but um, I hate to say it, but sometimes that thing is that's you want to hold on to that God needs to amputate out of you is unforgiveness also. Mm. Like that is a command from god and in fact like that was one of his last words on the cross like father forgive them they don't know what they're doing and i i don't think the controversy is whether or not we should forgive like i mean if you're if you're debating should i forgive this person then you're not walking in christian practice and christian principle um and even jesus is like you have to forgive from the heart but i think what we're getting at here is you know, when you forgive somebody, do you necessarily have to stay around them? Is that the community of choice that you need to be in? Because I know for us, like in the past, one of the issues we had was um, somebody really knew spiritual principles and really knew this uh, command, you know, you have to forgive. But instead of using that to bring us into closer relationship with Jesus, because that's what this is really is. Forgiveness is not necessarily a thing between you and that person. It's a thing that keeps you close to Jesus. It's a thing that's necessary and vital for your walk with God, and that's why he commands it. But the issue was is that this person was using 
forgiveness as a way of leveraging control. Like you have to forgive my mistakes. You have to forgive my abuses. You have to forgive me because it's what the Lord commanded. Yeah. And that's where the issues started happening. I mean, you can just kind of see. Well, and, and that's this, the yeah. second half of the question is. Anyway, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I would say the short answer to is it okay to leave? Of course. This is America. <laughs> you can go and do whatever you want, and it's actually okay. Uh, yeah. But the real question here is, is leaving where I'm at going to actually solve the problem I'm trying to solve? Yeah. And I'd say oftentimes, oftentimes, it's, it actually, it might put you in a better environment to do that. But oftentimes there's an, an internal, internal process that has to take place that just changing your circumstances won't yeah. solve. Now, Doing the internal work and saying, hey, I want to be in this other place where I can ha- take the time to do these this internal work of healing yeah. is, yeah, that is valid. But just the movement, just the change, oftentimes I've seen, at least in my own life, that just the change isn't going to, it's just oftentimes covers it up in and, my own heart. Yeah. I, that's not saying to leave or to not to leave, to be or to not to be, but it's saying like there's often layers to what's happening. Yeah. And like having the courage and walking through and coming around your friends to help them step into real healing with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord, talking through the things that need to be talked through and making the life choices and changes that are right for them is so important yeah. for a holistic and a long like longevity. Because the whole point is like you want to be a blessing to others. Mm. And like to be a blessing to others, and that's what I've been feeling too. It's like, what does it mean to be a good pastor? You know, what does it mean? And but I just I know for sure that I want to be a blessing to other people. Mm-hmm. I want to be a blessing to my future grandchildren. Like I don't want to end up one of these stories where I fell off the deep end and started, you know, living in sin. Yeah. Because I said, okay, these people that said they're good weren't good. So I'm going to go over and be bad now. And I think that often and I've seen happens. you know, I'm I'm still young but I have at least seen a couple of notable examples where people do that. Yeah. I can even say that at the be- beginning of a lot of this, like God literally had to give me a word where he was like, another person's sin does not justify yours. Like you cannot justify your actions based on the wrong that somebody else did to you. Like when you stand in the court of law before a judge, even on this earth, and you point your finger at somebody else and said, well, they did this to me, the, jo- the judge is always going to be like, well, they're not the one on trial. You are. Yeah. And Jesus was very frank with me. and was like, if you want to sin because of this hurt done to you, you're going to be the one that's in the wrong. Yeah. And that's, I think, is... I killed the bug. Nice. Congratulations. You're dead. Often, 
I think that that is killing is a solution <laughs> when it comes to the bugs. Bible says, when it comes to bugs. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that part of the dream is that is that we would all love righteousness. Yeah. And to to match unrighteousness with unrighteousness is is not the dream. You are not yeah. living up to the vision of Jesus in his church. And and but you know, if you don't want to live up to that dream, then you probably should leave the church. Cuz that's yeah. what Jesus wants his church to be is is meeting unrighteousness with love, forgiveness and righteousness. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking now of um Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. Um, that's the vision, is that we would be more committed to righteousness even than other people are committed to unrighteousness. But, and if that's not the commitment, then, then you don't share Jesus' no. vision for the church. And that's, so, and that's its own thing. If you don't share Jesus' vision for the church, if you wanted it to be... I don't want to be insensitive, but if you wanted it to be a social club where everybody was nice to each other all the time, you know, um, that is not the church. That's not it. It's a people who are committed to forgiveness and love. Mm. And that is its own beautiful thing, but you have to want that in Jesus for everybody to have that in Christ. You know, if you want something else, then go somewhere else. Um, But in Christ, that's what he established his Mm. church for. And, And I have seen people not committed to that, and the hardest part is of the couple of people that I have seen is is knowing what is going to happen to their kids. Yeah. So I don't know if we have a good answer for this, but if I have been hurt by someone who seems to represent God, mm-hmm. how do I forgive them, and how do I forgive what they represent, as in the church? Yeah. Um, followers of Jesus at large. So here... And is there actually a solution? I think the solution... sometimes it feels like there's not. Sometimes the solution feels like to do south. Yeah. You know? What, what, I think the solution is what we have been calling the dream. Yeah. Which is not... So break that down for yeah. us, because... Well, okay, so there's, so there's more. Yeah. Um, and I, I, would, I would think that there's basically three, three or four major parts. Okay. Um, Let's just dive into it. Give us yeah. a full synopsis, and then we'll break it down. Okay. So you have this this first passage, and, and here in my Bible, they've got neat little headings, so that's nice. But um, the first one the would be... The headings are not scripture. The first one would the be trusting God to deal with evil and and absolutely, in my own heart, shunning anything nah. that, that would be joining that evil, okay, which would be what a, you're talking about. That's a really good point, because there has to be... Like, in order for us to actually, in logic, to forgive someone, you have to know that there's real justification. Because if there's no real justification, I have to justify it myself. Because that's the only power, because humans are the only... If God isn't going to make everything right and justify the wrong that was done then the only people who can justify are humans. And I have to take it into my own hands to go and justify my own injustices. Yeah, I had to really grapple with with revenge movies Mm. and and The Count of Monte Cristo. Have you ever seen The Count of Monte Cristo? Yes. Oh, spectacular revenge movie. And, but at the end of it, so the story is like 
phenomenal. It's gripping, you know, it's, it's, it's actually just watered down Ben Hur, but you know, that's for another day. Um, but the whole th- at the very end, it falls absolutely flat mm. because he takes revenge on his friend that did him wrong. And, and then he just goes, yeah, I should have trusted, I should have just trusted God to do all that. And that's how the movie ends. Oh gosh. <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> uh, but, th- but that's exactly it, is he takes revenge. And then he goes like, you know, I should have just left that one to God. Mm. And, and, and that is the first big point, is I, I cannot turn around and react my way. I have to trust in God to be able to deal with evil. That is like, that is step number one. Yeah of this whole thing. Well, and it's easy like to see that in movies, right? We watch a movie and we're like, forgiveness is beautiful. Like when someone forgives someone that doesn't deserve it and this person that deserves something uh, gets, there's grace that that is enacted and then because of that love and grace that these people show them, they started to change yeah. and then they became better because of it. Um, That's the dream. Yeah, you see that, and you go, "I want that." Until it's somebody beautiful. hurts you, yeah, and, and then you and go, then "You're in it," and you're like, what the? "I, you know, because it's painful." My like, wife why, and I. Why is it so painful? And that's the whole thing with like this whole like materialistic like idea of the universe or of mankind or humanism. It's just like, well, it's all just a bunch of molecules and um, you know, like neurotransmitters, and you know, and emotions are just constructs and it's like yeah say that to the emotion <laughs> you know <laughs> my wife and i we were watching uh, hamilton nice you ever, you ever seen it, it? and 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 then um I in, in the latter half uh when he blows up his whole adultery thing mm. and and they sing and there's that whole song about about her forgiving him and them reconciling and Apparently, I mean, just by the way they portray it in the song, there's not really like a documentary basis for that healing process between them. But, mm. you know, and every once in a while, we'll we'll look at each other and just be like, forgiveness. <laughs> but but that is like, that's it. Is that's, it's the dream to, to know that that is possible. <laughs> okay, but, okay, so the next part, so that's the first one. Yeah. God will deal with evil and I do not have to commit evil I have to yeah. keep that far away from me. The second part, though, is is the, is that next move. Um, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 and go look for that one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should perish. So it's one thing when... Uh, you know, the world hurts you when bad, yeah. just straight up bad people hurt you. But but when we're dealing about Christian to Christian, part of the dream, and I think this is probably one of the hardest parts of the dream to get to really believe in, um, is that God wants mercy. God does not like punishing people. And in, in the revenge movie, or in the revenge mood that we carry, we want to see justice. Mm. I want to watch you get punished for what you did to me. But the part of this dream is that a community who does not like punishment, 
who, who just wants to see everyone saved, you know, please, if you would just stop doing that hurtful thing, we, we could be friends again. We could be a community again. We would forgive you. We would love you. Mm-hmm. And that's how Paul lays that, that out. I mean, in like, uh, I can't remember which one of his epistles. He, he literally lays out like the first move. And then even the second move is not rebuke and like toss the person. I just smacked the mic or toss the person out. He's like, okay, on the evidence of some witnesses, like you go and you confront the person. And oh yeah, we're about to get to that. That's that's actually yeah. right next. That's it. That's it. <laughs> he, he literally lays it out. There's a biblical model for all of this. We are not just flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. But to do that, you have to want forgiveness. You have to want relationship. You have to want not one of these little ones to perish. Well, and that's what you're choosing by saying, I'm becoming a follower of Jesus. You're saying that I am the one who is choosing to take the high road. Because I was talking to someone I love recently, and I'm like, why does it always feel like we're the ones having to go out on a limb for other people and, and you're just sick and tired of being the... I don't want to be the one on the limb always. But it seems like time and time again, that's what the Lord's asking me to do. And that's what I feel obligated to do, is like go out on the limb because this person doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they don't know that they're being hurtful. Like sometimes. So some some people, and it's like, I got to go out on the limb. Hard to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And, and we'll just skip to the the last parable. So this this whole thing ends. I'm skipping over a part, but this whole thing ends with with Jesus telling about the, the unforgiving servant. And his whole point is that forgiveness, choosing forgiveness, that whole thing, choosing forgiveness, choosing the high road is the thing that God has done all along. If you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a part of God's church, choosing forgiveness is a part of that because that's the God we serve. And in this parable of the unforgiving servant, Jesus says, this is one of the gnarliest things he ever said, but he said, if you don't forgive people, you won't be forgiven. You can't be forgiven. You can't want punishment for someone else, but Does it ask say you mercy. won't be forgiven or you can't be? Uh, I think won't be. Well, okay, so here he says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive from your heart. Mm. Um, in, in, in Matthew, earlier in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, he says, uh, or I think maybe 6, I don't remember. Yeah. You won't be forgiven unless you forgive. You can't want punishment for someone else and want forgiveness for you. If you're going to serve a forgiving God, you have to choose forgiveness. And that's, and that's what we were saying earlier about that's the vision. That's the dream of the church. If you don't share that dream, then, then you probably don't want to follow Jesus. If you want an exacting punishment on everyone that hurt you, if you want that... And um, Jesus, like the ultimate representation of someone who... of the God who continues to go out on a limb that's for exactly mankind it. is in Jesus on the cross. Because the people that he made did the worst possible thing to him, which is kill him and crucify him, spit on him, all of these things. And he said, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so like having that attitude, it's like, they don't know what they're doing. 
I'm sick and tired of going out on a limb. I'm sick and tired of initiating reconciliation. I'm sick and tired of having to forgive my brother seven times. Mm. And the whole and Jesus' whole parable is rooted in, but that's what God did for you. If you if you want God to do that for you, to initiate reconciliation, to forgive you seventy times seven, if you want that from God. Yeah. You got to join in that dream and offer that to other people. So the whole root of forgiveness or um, healing or forgiving your church or moving forward in life is rooted in the reality of who God is as a forgiving God himself mm-hmm. and the trust of a true justification that's to come. Yeah. And that there will be an end yeah. to this, and there will be real judgment. There's actually something wrong with doing wrong things. Oh yeah, like God seems to make that. Jesus seems to make that pretty clear uh, about the drowning passage. You know, yeah. So, but forgiveness itself. If I'm trying to answer the question, do I forgive my church or do I leave my church? I think both of those answers are rooted in the knowledge and the certainty of God's character yeah. and how he shows us how to forgive even the worst of injustices. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even just talking about in the life of Jesus. I'm talking about throughout the whole biblical narrative. Mm-hmm. He's constantly taking the high road, going out on a limb. But he said, one day, I will put an end to this. Yeah, All evil will be there will be an actual court date oh, yeah. for everything that's happened. And those who lived humble life and followed in his footsteps will also be rewarded in a positive sense, yeah. will be judged in a positive sense for those things that they did. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're saved through the things that they did, yeah. but that means God recognizes. like It's like a father recognizing the good things that their children do. It's like, yeah, I want to reward that. I want to lift you up. It says the things we did in the spirit will be the glory of God, right? Mm. It's like, I want to lift you up. I want to show humanity that it can be done. Yeah. You know, that like real forgiveness, living a life of forgiveness can be done if that's not found in your own strength, but found in what Jesus did on the cross. And it was not God's idea for us. Just like, this is how I want you to treat each other. This is what God has always been doing. He said, this is how relationships are healed, is through this forgiving commitment to, to love and, and life together and repentance and reconciliation. And God has been committed in himself to that process, to yeah. that dream. He has always pursued that highest goal of reconciliation. And, yeah. and but also repentance. Um, and so if I'm going to leave the church community that I'm a part of, the only way to be truly free is to leave with real forgiveness. Knowing that midst. I was committed to that dream. Mm. And um, still are. And I still am. I am I'm going some... Well, I, I think we've put off the answer for this long, but I think... I think... We're still exploring. Yeah. (laughs) The only reason why I would leave is if my church community is just by and large no longer committed to that dream. 
either no longer committed to repentance, no longer committed to reconciliation, you know, either no longer committed to holding accountable the people that have hurt me or um, reconciling with the people who have done wrong. Hmm. That The whole dream in its totality, if if the community at large is no longer committed to that dream, I need, I want to be. Yeah. So I want to go somewhere where, where that dream of a, of a faithful, loving, forgiving, reconciling community can be real. Mm-hmm. Um, and a community that absolutely shuns unrighteousness and won't tolerate it in its ranks. That, and that's a part of the dream is, no, hurtful people can't stay but we want forgiveness, love, faithfulness, and reconciliation. And if my community is no longer committed to that dream, I want to be. But I have to know that I am, Mm. that I want that. Um, If I don't want that, then I actually just don't want church. Yeah. I I don't want to follow Jesus. And it's not an easy process. No. It's not just easy to be like, well, look, Jesus forgave those people when they killed them. Yeah. You should forgive them too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's a process. It's a process of recognizing actually what does the cross mean? Yeah. In my life. Yeah. Like, I I'm really grateful that it is not on my authority to say just get over it. Yeah. But Jesus's words say like look at me and look at the Father. Yeah, and he's not saying get over it. He's not and saying, he's not get saying over it. he's not saying ignore that there's something wrong that happened. Nope. He's just saying learn from me. Yeah. Be like me. And I and I don't have to tell you get over it. I just say, look to Jesus. Yeah. He He will teach you. He will teach you what He's like. He will help you process all of those feelings. The Spirit is called the Comforter. I will send you another Helper, a Comforter, someone who will be right next to you, walking yeah. through all the issues of life. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm sending someone to be with you. He, yeah. he wants to walk through all this stuff with you. And and my job is not to tell you to get over it, but is to point you to the one who's going to walk. And he's not going to tell you to get over it, okay, but he's going to walk through it with that you. That was my final question. It's like, how do we actually help people? Because telling them, like, hey, Jesus is on the throne still. Golly be joy, walk along, skip down the street. You know, it's like... It's like shut up, dude. You know, like <laughs> that is not mourning with those who mourn. Yeah, that's not right. How are we? How do we go to those places with the people we love and not have our own negative emotional reaction to being like, oh gosh, they're crying. Okay, you know? so this this last one okay. that we have skipped, I think, um, if the if the desire for punishment, like the 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 commitment to forgiveness and not to hold punishment over people to really say, I want that one who wandered away to be saved. That's hard. I think this one actually enacting that with the courage, this, this next section is, is probably even harder because it is, it is the enactment of that commitment where you, this is what it says, go to the person who hurt you alone and confront them. And say, you hurt me. Now, okay, I think there has to be an asterisk on like abusive, gaslighting. There's all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? You don't have to put yourself in a dangerous situation. But part of the dream of, of hurt is that you would have the courage and the and the faithfulness. Can I can I go talk to someone before 
before the process of like, that's not hey, what this I'm is. trying to figure out what to do. Well, I would hope that those people that you talk to would have enough maturity to tell you, you need to follow this passage and go talk to that person. That's the dream of a Christian community. So it's like, the, like we need courage. Yeah. Because it's... Commitment yeah. to this dream and lots of courage. So, but then it gives you a solution for like, if that doesn't work. Yeah. Right? You go to that person and, and I think... I'm not even going to put a percentage on it. But so, I mean, in a practical experience, so many issues. I mean, my wife just the other night, she's like, man, me and -and so-and-so, it's really tense. You know, I'm just going to go talk to them. And it was like, you know, they both came away with tears in their eyes, but she was like, it was all just a big misunderstanding. And that's all they had to do was say like, that really hurt me. That really hurt me. That's not what I meant. It's not what I meant either. And it was all good. And... And so many things can be resolved just by saying, man, that really hurt. And I I think that in that loving community, many times we don't mean to hurt each other, but it just happens. But if we're committed to this, instead of bottling it up, gossip, any of these other things, if we're just committed to saying like, I want to forgive you, I don't want this tension to exist, but I also want this hurt to be resolved. If there is something between us, um, uh, earlier in Matthew, Jesus says, uh, if you know your brother has something against you, leave what you're doing. Do not go take it to the altar. Don't go to church until you go to your brother and make it right. Mm. Um, That kind of commitment to um, confrontation, we always think of confrontation as bad. Yeah, or like ugly or full of emotion or anger. Um, But... Uh, frankness, honesty. I think that is the honest, childlike spirit of, hey, this really happened, and it hurt me. And that kind of vulnerability is the dream. So do you think oftentimes, though, some of the people that we want to go and confront, like just in a healthy way, like this pastor is saying, build up unhealthy boundaries to that keep people from being able to feel free or to be able to talk to them. Can you say that again? Like, let's say, like, a church pastor has, like, tons of power around him. Like, they're Stephen Furtick or something like that. I don't know... Pastor of a megachurch. If he's a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... the level of influence we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's... I'm sure it'd be hard for any, like, you know, random person... Yeah, random congregate. up to them, you know. Is that part of the problem is, like, we kind of just have this structure built in such a way where it's like, this guy is practically Jesus to our congregation, you know? And like, this is our leader. We trust our leader. We follow our leader. I had a conversation with somebody today and I told them, um, and we were talking about people who were hurt and how I was hurt and how I was dealing with it, how they were dealing with it. And I just said, you know, one of the things that changed the American church the most was the car. Hmm. Because I no longer had to face my neighbors. I could go, I could go away somewhere else to the people that were like me, to the people who got along with me, and I could skip out on them and drive somewhere else if I didn't like it. Yeah. And the, the level of comfort that the car provided me in a church setting, that I can hop around to wherever I want... And, 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 I, and we were talking about this passage because I said, 
if all you've got is the people within walking distance, or let's say you're even in the first century. You have to be friends with people who are different than you. If you want to be in the church, you got to find the narrow way. You have got to figure it out or leave. You can't drive somewhere else. And that commitment, the level of commitment to say like, I guess you are my brother, and yeah. we are not going to separate over this unless you're unrepentant. Yeah, I guess that's different denominations, right? That forms because there's these oh, little the, clumps. It happens like, on every level. People are like this over here. People are like this over here. I like this. How they do worship here? I like this, this, and this. And it's like, and add into that, well, so and so that I don't like goes there. I used to go there, but now my ex-wife is there. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> you know, I feel like maybe. So I have felt this for a while. And as we're like we're kind of wrapping up this episode, uh, is I feel like the Lord in the West specifically, but probably the global church. I don't know how to speak upon the global church is restructuring like authenticity in the church. Is restructuring like the ear saying to the eye, "I don't need you" or yeah. or whatnot. Because I feel like God really wants a church that walks in the fullness of the fivefold ministry or whatever you want to call yeah. it, like the the fullness of the unique giftings of each individual and for that collaboration to happen where not one kind of gifting is seen better or one type of vocation is seen better than another, that there's like this new collaboration happening between ministry and marketplace like coming together. There's a lot of hope there. There's ways that we can utilize marketplace structures and ideals and resources and combine those with on-the-ground, hardworking ministers who are just focused on teaching the Bible and discipling. Like, And there's so much. I think there's actually, in the midst of all this shift and changes in the church, there's so much hope in a in a better, more strong church coming out of everything that's happening like even with the covid and like people not returning to church and all these things it gives you a chance to take a look at what's going on and be like hey we can come out stronger i for for this topic specifically um it is hard to the the commitment level necessary for this to be real for this dream to be actualized it's hard to be committed like that to a faceless church, action verb church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or to a building, or to a structure, yeah. or to a f- super famous pastor that I have a parasocial relationship with. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I can't be committed like this to something like that. There has to be a real community of actual human beings that Doing I do life this with. Yeah. I can't do this with a faceless church. And that means hospitality. That means inviting people into your home. That means feeding people. That means singing I mean, songs together. At the risk of yeah. being a little insensitive, living like a Christian. Yeah. I want a that, pastor, not a CEO. That's the, that's the dream. That's the dream. Not only is that the dream of this passage, that's the only circumstances in which this dream can be real. And so if I don't like what Joel Osteen said, who, who am I going to talk to about it? Yeah. My only option is to drive somewhere else. But if I don't like what the guy in the pew next to me said or the guy in my house church said, we got to work through it. Yeah. And and so that level of change, that personalizing 
really deep, the church becoming community. real again. They're becoming real. Re, um, the church becoming the ecclesia. <laughs> the the congregation the becoming the church. The church needs to be the church again, man. That's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> being the assembly. Yeah, at its core, being a group of people assembling in Jesus' name. Yeah, and and that fundamental. Whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> that fundamental. It's like unit. Getting, getting off the TikToks, getting away from the... Closing your YouTube browser <laughs> after you finish this video. <laughs> yeah, after you finish this video. Um, this dream can only be real like that. Yeah. And I think like in the midst of working through this stuff, you, gotta, you can't just go into the void. You gotta like have some fun. Like still hang out with your buddies, joke around, like read the Bible, but there's a there's a healthy way like sometimes like sometimes i cover up emotions with jokes and i don't know if that's always wrong i think sometimes we have to go through the process of like oh yeah i I was definitely covering up emotions there but just let it happen don't be so hard on yourself like walk and work through these things and invite people into it real life is going to be happening to you all along the way yeah and it is going to be super messy but i think that's why the two things is that's why one this is a dream to aspire to because there's going to be lots of twists and turns lots of messy stuff lots of emotions good days bad days but this like as a guiding star you know the all these different parts in my life do not look like that but i want that and, and, and then the other piece being that the helper is the one who comes alongside, that God the Holy Spirit is with me. He's not prodding me. He's not pointing me. He's not just the guidepost. He is with me. When I wake up, when I go to bed, when I'm mad, when I'm sad, when I'm covering up my emotions, when I'm vulnerable with my emotions, through all of it, he sees and he's with me. Mm. I don't have to worry about him leaving me for a time and me having to deal with it on my own. He never tells me, now you deal with it. He says, we're going to deal with it. And if, and if I want that, I can have it. If I want God with me, I can have that. And, and so that part of the dream as well is that there's a comfort in that, is that the journey is with God, the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Any last words? Do you feel like we answered the question? To the best of our ability. <laughs> you know, like, I think we're not going to do it justice. No person has the, you know, the monopoly on this information. Like, there's so much deep, there's so many more directions and and deeper places you can go, both in the scripture when you're looking at this and just in a psychological and a philosophical direction too where it's like i we really didn't scratch the surface a whole lot and it's it's going to take a lot of to overcome fear to overcome hurt and 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 to process these things in a healthy way and to step forward as a believer and to as a follower of jesus in a healthy way it's going to take some time yeah it's 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 not going to be solved in, in one podcast yeah um but the 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 cool thing is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a hope. There is a way that God designed things to work. And 
and even when those don't work, that there's still a hope that one day they will. Yeah. And, and, and I think to that, just read this passage. Read through Matthew 18 a couple of times and, and imagine a community like that or, or just a me like that who is willing to do these things, who is willing to be courageous, be committed to forgiveness, leave revenge in the hands of the Lord, be committed to righteousness and pushing away all unrighteousness and drawing boundaries Yeah, when, 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 there's, un, when there's unrepentance. If there isn't any repentance, drawing a really clear boundary. Mm. And, and we didn't even get to that part. Yeah. But, but imagining a me who is committed to this. And, and what would me or a community like this look like? And, and I think, and I, and I pray that it would grow on you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want that. I don't know how to get there yet. God, the Holy yeah. Spirit, you are going to have to help me get there. But I want that mm. for me and for my community. Well, I'll pray for us and our listeners. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you're good, that you are forgiving. God, we need forgiveness. We are so thankful for what you accomplished on the cross for us, Jesus. We're so thankful, and we take that on as our own righteousness, Lord, the way that you lived and what you did for us, God. We're so thankful for um, the influence you've given us through this show, and God, I pray for every single person hearing these words that you uh, show them love, that you show them and allow them to experience and feel your goodness and help them work through emotions that are both negative and positive and, and teach them and show them how to become better humans, better people. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, and, and we know that you're a God that empathizes with us, that you have felt the pain of betrayal, Lord Jesus. You have went through the how hard it is, the, the emotions that it takes to forgive someone who did something wrong to you, Lord. So I just thank you for the opportunity to speak up on behalf of you today, God, Lord Jesus, and please allow this message to go out to anyone who needs to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you made it to the end of the episode, uh, we thank you very much. We hope that you uh, would subscribe to this podcast. Also, we are on the Divine Creative app. If you would like to support this show, what Bailey and I do, uh, you can give to Get to the Heart on the Divine Creative app or the Divine Creative website. Uh, Thank you guys so much for your commitment to us and to this episode, and we hope to see you next week.